0: Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifarus galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the Albino Hills and south of the raging Leucistic River, comes the one, the only Gecko Nation Radio.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? It's June 6, 2014 and I am happy to be back on the air after uh, it seems like a long week, a lot going on here. And um, I made an announcement during the week that I was offered a uh, position and that it may take me away from my responsibilities and what I've been doing with my reptiles and my geckos and of course the radio show. Well, first I just want to tell you guys about what the offer was. The offer was uh, basically a, uh, a fellow that I worked with when I was doing my private investigation work um, went off to start his own private eye firm and he asked me if I wanted to uh, join him you know, on the ground level with this new business. And, you know, it's a, it's an exciting field of work if you're, you know, it's not for everybody, but if you like investigations and you like that kind of stuff, um, it can be very exciting. It can also be very boring when you're doing Surveillance and waiting on end for something to happen for hours and hours, sometimes days. Um, that can pr- you know really be monotonous. That's the downside of surveillance. But when there's activity and you're uh, doing your job as an investigator, it's it's pretty exciting. It's thrilling actually. Um, you'll never run out of things stories to talk about. Um, so it, it's been a very difficult uh, week for me deciding what to do. So I basically. I talked to a lot of people this week, uh, some people in the in the gecko community, especially, some um some friends, some other fellow greeters, uh, some that have been in this for a very long time. and while this offer is very very enticing for me, it could really be the opening to something uh something great and big, I just don't feel good about leaving everything that I've started and built over the last five years and uh, especially with my projects and the radio show, the group. Uh, it just seems like uh, one of my fellow breeders said, Dave, you're at the finish line. Why would you turn away now? And that that's very sound advice. And, uh, you know, I've, I've said it many times on the air, uh, herpeticulture, herpeticulture's future sometimes seems uncertain uh, with legislation that we've been facing and other things. I believe that all that is a test uh, to... Uh, to make us earn this, and uh, like anything special and important in life, you, you really have to earn it, and I believe that's what we have to do, and I believe we're gonna we're definitely going to shine through, and we 're going to earn this, and we're going to get to keep it It may not may not be in this present form that we have it today, it may be slightly different and uh, maybe even better, but uh it's definitely something worth earning that being said, I think Herpeticulture as a whole has an amazing future, and I definitely want to be a part of it with all of you. And uh, basically, I'm not going anywhere. Okay? So, I know a lot of you guys would be happy to hear that. And I'm really happy to do this show tonight. Tonight's show is about someone that obviously really loves herpeticulture, loves geckos, um, and was able to invent something that is helping thousands of people keep their animals. So tonight we have Jeff Rivero from Edge on the show, and he's another Canadian friend. Uh, last week we had San Florida Reptile Express in Canada, and uh, this week we have another Canadian on. Don't worry, I'm not going to play the Canadian National Anthem again. All right. Um, but I, I'm just interested. We're also going to talk about Crested geckos too. So we're going to talk about his inventions. He didn't just uh, – he's bringing other products, too, besides Edge. He's got some amazing acrylic enclosures and other things to talk about, and stuff for leopard geckos, too. I know a lot of the fans of the show keep leopard geckos, and we're very fond of leopard geckos here on Gecko Nation Radio, so uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, before we get started, of course, I have to thank and uh, bring on some of our amazing sponsors. You're going to hear some of them now, and you will hear the rest of them at the halfway point, and then you'll hear all of them again at the very end. And Jeff is uh, going to be gracious enough to participate in our nightly raffle for callers. And he is going to be giving one lucky caller uh, some exciting gifts from his, which uh, are his products, of course. So uh, if you guys want to participate tonight, uh, the way it works is call into the show with your questions or comments. Uh, the number is 646-478-5331. We'll be taking calls so probably during the middle of the show and, and then towards the end of the show, of course, from the middle till the end, all right? And uh, those who call in, I'll keep track of your names and numbers, and we will do a raffle in Group Gecko Nation during the week, and one of you guys uh, will be the winner of these awesome products. So uh, we love when people call in, and we love giving back to the community. So uh, hang tight, listen to these awesome sponsors.
0: Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Ron Tremper is the biggest contributor to leopard gecko morph making. Known worldwide for his amazing examples of living art, you can now download his Leopard Gecko Care app his morph encyclopedia app called Lepergecko gecko pro and visit his site lepergecko.com to see where morphs are made giantlepergecko.com specializes in giant and supergiant geckos, with a focus on selectively bred exceptional lines of many different morph combinations including high-end african fat tails and crested geckos with over 17 years of experience in herpeticulture, keith kiggins brings you quality integrity and value Check out giantlepergecko.com on the web and on Facebook. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or... It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They're also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook.
1: And that's right, folks. Avi uh, Dragons has its standard Gecko Nation radio discount. Okay, that's five percent off your Dubia Roaches and FlexLot. So take advantage. The code word is. And uh, I'm hearing something in the back of the, I'm in the background. And uh, wait, here it is.
2: Good evening, Geckonians.
1: <laughs> What's up, Steve? How are you?
2: Pretty good. How you doing?
1: Good. You know, I always have a, I always get a chuckle when you do that announcement. <laughs>
2: it's yeah, It's hilarious. I figured yeah. I need, I, I needed a catch line, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. What you got for us tonight?
2: All right, I got an update from US It's not much, but on Wednesday. June 11th, U.S. ARC filed its opposition to a motion by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to dismiss the lawsuit. U.S. ARC has challenged the services listing the Burmese python, Indian python, Northern and Southern African rock python, and yellow anaconda as injurious under the Lacey Act. So they've, they've filed their oppo- our opposition. I mean, it's really for us. So
1: so basically what they're saying is they're challenging our lawsuit against them and saying that
2: it should be dismissed. Is that
1: what's happening? Right,
2: yeah. That's that's what U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services is trying to do.
1: Right, gotcha. This can be confusing for some people, so I just wanted to make sure everybody understands it. Okay.
2: All right. And the best, in my opinion... Leopard gecko book on the market is going to continue to be available. Ron Tremper's Leopard Geckos: The Next Generation is going to go start printing again.
1: Oh, that's so, great! He was threatening yeah. that it was going to be the end.
2: Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. If you guys, you guys don't have it? Go get it. Mm-hmm. It's a great yeah, book. Yeah, make
1: sure you. Make sure you get it from his website too, folks, because if you get it from his website, you can request that he autographs it. Uh, If you're a huge Leopard Gecko fan, um, his book will be coveted one day. It's a Reddit. His first book is out of print. To try to get one, it's like $400 on Amazon. So I actually bought a whole bunch of them (laughs) because I know in like 20 years they're going to be worth money. So (laughs) make sure you get one. (laughs) and Buy a couple if you're smart.
2: (laughs) All right. In our last story, and I don't know if Ohio Gecko came up with a name yet, but Dave, did you see those geckos?
1: Yes, I believe they are. Oh,
2: my God.
1: Called, I believe they're called theorites. And they're, if you guys want to check them out, Ohio Gecko posted an awesome picture um, on Facebook. Yeah. They're, they're basically super snows with really small spots. Okay. Yeah, and
2: the, they're, they're gorgeous. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, they they really are incredible. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. they are.
1: They're you know, I think you can line breed for that, and I believe I think that's what Fad's doing. But Fad's got a lot of weird uh, snow projects for you guys have to check out. He's got like reduced pattern snows and stuff like that. So, you know, posting these was was really nice to see because you don't see them that often, and if you look in Ron Trepper's book, there is a picture of one and he calls it a deorite. So or a oh, okay. diorite. yeah, they have a couple different versions. Right. So yeah. Uh. But they're very uncommon. So good 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 work, Pat. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: What's going on with you, Steve?
2: I had a clutch of ball python eggs laid finally. And it's oh, cool. probably, probably the one I was looking forward to the most. It was uh, Lesser Platinum bred to my Blonde Pastel. Oh, so, those are
1: so nice.
2: Yeah. Last year I hatched out a Blonde Pastel Lesser, and I, yes. I, I, she was the one I kept, and she just keeps looking better and better. Wow. So, so
1: how many grams is she now?
2: Uh, she's probably right around 600.
1: 600, okay. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, I, I even, you know, less years as adults looks even look cool as adults, they don't really fade out too much. So I'm thinking that, you know, with that, that blonde pastel gene, they're going to, as an adult, she's probably going to look just as amazing as a as a baby. Wouldn't you think?
2: Yeah, I I think so. I think she looks better than... Now than she did when she you know for her after her first shed I think she looks better now. Nice. She really does. She's not like a like a gold color. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of yellow going on. <laughs> yeah. so Hopefully you'll
1: be able to make a whole bunch more now, right? How many eggs do you
2: have? Seven eggs out of the, in that clutch. Oh,
1: cool! i re- yeah. I'm really
2: I'm really wanting a male.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would
2: be great. Yeah. Oh,
1: I'd be interested in one, one of those too if you uh if you hatch out enough.
2: Alright, cool. Cool. Nice. Yeah, and I
1: got um I got my, my don't announce it, the whole secret yet, Steve, but uh just so everybody knows, me and Steve are gonna be doing something really cool with Gecko Nation radio and uh in the future and uh, I received something in the mail from him that I'm gonna put to use soon. So uh we're gonna take it up a notch, right Steve?
2: yeah definitely yeah, cool. we
1: got some we got some good ideas, so you know, hang tight for that folks and uh all right well, what's the status uh did you get your um your special shipment from Canada from our our guests that are coming on next week?
2: Not yet <laughs> I'm really hoping I will before next week's show um mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna try and make some cookies too. Okay, why don't
1: you why don't you tell them what you ordered and uh what we're gonna be
2: doing? Alright, next next week's show is Next Millennium Farms. Last week we covered a story about Next Millennium Farms which is producing insects for human consumption. So I've ordered so various stuff to try. So they're mealworms and crickets. So and I'm okay. going to try I'm going to try and um broadcast live video on YouTube. I haven't I've got to mess with it and see how that works as as we're on on the radio show. And okay. <laughs> you guys hopefully I can work it out and you'll be able to watch me try the stuff as you're you're listening to the show.
3: Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I've never. Yeah, they're you know they're they have uh, cricket and mealworm flour, um, seasoned, oven roasted mealworms and crickets. Um, I I believe they have wax worms also, oven roasted wax worms. And uh, to be honest (laughs) with you, I've gone on their website and some of the food looks good. I can't, you know, and I, I've never eaten any kind of insects, so. <laughs> well, but, the whole <laughs>
1: thing behind this is supposedly, like, in the future when food becomes more and more, I don't right. know, I guess scarce, people, more and more and more people are going to be uh, eating insects, it
2: seems. So, I, I mean, they're
1: trying to make it as appetizing as possible,
2: right? Right, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, by, there's, you know, by 2050... We're supposed to not have enough food to supply the population
1: the way things by, are going by
2: now. 2050, right? So this okay. is an this is an alternative to you know alternative farming, basically.
1: Mhm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm going to try to hold cool. up as long as I can. I'll I'll eat grass if I have to and tree bark before I start eating that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I'm a survivor so. Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: you
1: yeah, you'll be able to do it, right? You don't care. Well, I yeah. oh, uh, keep. You should try to echo me to it now so you're ready for it then, right?
2: Right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. My my wife says she's just going to die, so <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. yeah. I I'm, I'm not eating it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you got you know, if if that's all you've got, what are you gonna do?
1: Well, you know they say after a couple days of hunger, people will eat just about anything. So, you yeah. know, it's probably yeah. something that will start looking good after a while if you get hungry enough.
3: <laughs> but but uh, yeah. all
1: right, well, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it next week. So, um, and that'll be interesting. You could you could try Google Plus too. It's got a video service. That might be uh, a way to uh, get people to uh, tune in and watch the too, Steve. So.
2: Okay. Look into that. All right. Yeah, I have to, I'm going to mess around with it this week and try to get it all set. All right, cool.
1: All right. Well, yeah. what do you got for us from Herp History? All right.
2: May 24th, 1936. Hungry snake plunges Topeka into darkness. This is in Kansas. A hungry bull snake, apparently on the hunt for bird eggs put Topeka in darkness for a short period last night, like like I said, 1936. Lights all over the city went out. Elevators stopped between floors. Radio programs came to a sudden end. Electrical machinery ceased running. Electricians found a three-foot snake had climbed to a substation 12 feet above the ground. Where it came into contact with the high voltage wires, the reptile was electrocuted and its body created a short circuit.
1: Oh my god, that's crazy. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It climbed all the way up there. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. May twenty fourth,
1: nineteen thirty six. That's great. I'm really a poor snake. Just trying to find come. some eggs. Yep. Wow. All right, Steve. Well, great stories, of course, and uh, I'm actually looking very forward to next week's show now, and uh hope to, get, hope to see you eat some great bugs.
2: All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. See you then, Steve. Thanks. Thank you. All right, folks. One last thing before we bring on our guest. If you are a big fan of Gecko's and reptiles. You have to check these two things out.
0: Did you know that since 2006 there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. Herpentine Radio is my inspiration for GNR. Justin and JD do a terrific show every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern and have an amazing archive of shows available for download. Visit them at blogtalkradio.com slash herpentime and on Facebook.
1: All right, folks, we're not going to waste any more time. We are going to bring on the creator and inventor of the ledge,
4: Mr. Jeff
1: Rivera. You are live on Detonation Radio.
4: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely, Jeff. How's everything?
4: Yeah, it's going well.
1: Ah, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, it seems like we're going to have three weeks in a row uh, devoted completely to people from Canada. So uh, it's, it's great to have you folks on here. i I got to tell you, Jeff, everybody that I have met that lives in Canada just seem to be amazing, fun, friendly, laid-back, easy-going people. Do you, is that like the norm up there or what?
4: Yeah, kind of. Uh, it depends on who you're speaking to. Uh, but uh, at least in the reptile market, everybody's rep- friendly.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, that's what I've found so far. Um, So what what got you started and interested in reptiles to begin with? And then let's talk about how you uh, got the motivation and the inspiration to uh, make your invention.
4: Sure. So um, reptiles in general, I've been interested since I was about eight years old, Um, but I was never allowed to get one. Um, At the age of 17, I went to a pet store with my brother, And uh, I picked up my first crested gecko. Uh, I needed him to sign the sheet of paper so um, I could actually buy it. I still have her to this day. It's been eight years since then. Um, And since then, I've started breeding crested geckos. From there, um, I decided to pick up a new line of Rackadaclis, which is now Minera gecko, Um, is the Chahua. And when I went mm. to uh, the lady's house to pick up the chihuahua, um, I noticed in all of her tanks she had the uh, naturals, and she also had some Pangea ledges. And she indicated that um, the ledges were very expensive. And it was really hard for breeders in particular to purchase a lot of ledges for their entire collection. And being that I know how crested geckos are and they prefer to eat from elevated platforms and I have a mechanical engineering background, I decided to design my own that would be inexpensive so that breeders can then, you know, provide their geckos with the best nutrition because it does promote higher feeding in the geckos when they have an elevated pa- platform for them to eat off of.
1: Okay. Now, is it that they feel safer eating in the, in, from a height, or is it they're used to eating food up higher in trees and such?
4: Um, from my research, it's uh, they're used to eating at elevated platforms, so in the, in the wild, they don't really go down to the floor because they're usually picked off by predators, so mm-hmm. eating from the floor is actually a little bit uncomfortable for them. When they're raised in captivity, it's hard to distinguish if that's still an issue for them, but because they are a semi arboreal species, they do prefer mm-hmm. to eat from elevated platforms.
1: Okay, that, that's interesting, and it makes it makes sense, certainly. Now... Your product, Reptile is very popular now from what I've seen. I'm not, I'm just myself, I'm only just now uh, getting interested in crested geckos. And I'm certainly going to be looking into your product now that I know why, why it's so important. Um, why don't you tell us about how, you, how the construction, what it's made out of and how it works?
4: Sure. The ledge is made out of 100% uh, recycled acrylic. Um, it's made in China, designed in Canada. But um, So the way it works is that uh, it has two suction cups attached to it and it sticks to the side of glass. Currently, we're in the patent process of creating a removable and attachable magnet as well um, mm-hmm. for that because some people prefer magnets for the ledges. It's just uh, before we launch on the industry, we want to patent our idea so nobody goes and steals it.
1: I was just going to mention that. Did you Go ahead and patent it because we, we've seen some products get stolen and copied and stuff like that. So that's, no, that's very smart of you. Good job on that.
3: Um, I
1: like the idea of the magnet because, um, well, the, the, the original one has the suction cups, and um, I, I'm sure those work great. And I, can they support a good amount of food and water?
4: Yeah. Um, so we have tested the suction cups that we provide with our ledges to up to 10 pounds of weight. The thing with mm-hmm. suction cups is they do hold more weight than magnets, but suction cups over over a certain amount of time they then start to dry up and they stop to stick. but how mm-hmm. we counteracted that is if it ends up stopping to work within ninety days of your purchase, we provide you with suction cups for free, so just mm-hmm. to ensure that um every client remains happy uh we do test every single suction cup before we send it out. Uh, we actually have a glass in our office where we stick everything to it and we make sure everything is working properly before we send it out. Gotcha. Okay, cool.
1: Um, it seems like a very clean and um, just aesthetically pre- pleasing product here. Like it, just, it almost looks high-tech in a sense, you know, just very clean.
4: Yeah, our um, whole design thing is trying to be more modern rather so than traditional, um, mainly be going with the uh, interior design industry. Because um, we know that a lot of people who are breeders and they have a lot of tanks and they have or tubs more so than anything, it's not really visually appealing. And with me, it was getting very I don't know it was getting very expensive, more so than anything, to uh, buy all the natural things, and I just want to provide the best care for my animals while it looks good in my house. So having a natural tank with an acrylic ledge, having it sleek and modern, to me it's all about visibility of the animal, more so than anything. Um, I want to be able to view my, my gecko whenever it is out, so I don't want anything obstructing that view. Gotcha. Okay, cool.
1: No, it make, that makes sense. And I've often thought about when I decorate my uh, my tanks and my cages, um, the naturalistic looks uh, looks great, I mean, with the cork and the the plants, whether they're live or fake and the moss, but uh, another side of me is like, well, why don't I get creative and try a different approach to designing a tank? Would the gecko really know the difference between uh, you know, like a, a plant or some other type of uh, item in there that just looks like like you say, from an interior design perspective? Um, so I thought about all these different types of things that I could use in there for geckos to climb on and such and with not, that doesn't necessarily make it look like a naturalistic thing, but more of like an artistic, modern approach. What do you think about that, Jeff?
4: To me, it's more so as long as you provide enough hiding spaces for your geckos so that they feel comfortable what's in there doesn't necessarily matter. Like, yes, uh, naturalistic is what is preferred by the majority of the population of geckoists, like ge- gecko hobbyists, um, because that is how they are in the wild. And I do believe in providing them with a the natural habitat. But um, the thing is, is that what they need is enough hiding spots so they feel comfortable. So they have to have certain mm-hmm. areas where they are not visible um, because or else it just stresses them out. So as long as okay. you're providing enough climbing platforms as well as hiding spots, you can put pretty much anything in the tank as long as it's safe for them.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Now, so in, in addition to your, and to your reptile ledges, you also have come up with a few other, interesting products uh, for geckos. Let's talk. Let's start with uh, your products related to crested geckos first, and then we'll talk about the other ones. So, so what else do you have for, for, arboreal and crested geckos?
4: So right now we have our acrylic vivariums, which is our most popular product. Um, we launched it back in uh, September, I think it was, of last year,
3: um, as our nice.
4: initial, yeah, it was our initial prototype. And we just posted a photo to see what people thought of. I was testing it for about four months then, um, just before I got my actual approval. And uh, the amount of feedback we got, that so many people wanted it, and our price point was just, it was just better than others. It was just like, why not produce this? So. Since that date, we've sold about 2,500 to 3,000 units, more or less. Um, I'd say it's about 3,200 now if I look at my ledger. Um, And we're in 46 stores uh, across North America, three in the U.K., two in Berlin, and one in Mexico.
1: Wow, that's that's great. That's amazing growth, actually. Congratulations on that. These look really, really nice. What are the
4: sizes that you have on these? So we have a small, medium, and large. The small is a 6-inch by 6-inch by 10-inch. The medium is a 10-inch by 10-inch by 14-inch, and the large is a 12-by-12-by-18. We're currently designing an XL as well, which is an 18-by-18-by-24.
1: Okay, cool. Now, I'm looking at a picture on on Facebook of them, and I can see one of them. I can see a gecko in one of them, and I see your reptile ledge is installed. Now, does the reptile ledge have a special... Um like do you need the suction cups with your uh, the variants, or does it have a special adapter where it just hooks on?
4: No, it's uh, suction cups. So the thing is like with our tanks is we try not to have it so specific to only our products, so you can put anything in it. Um, mm-hmm. So like we've always been modifying our designs as well so that it works with pretty much everything, like our medium. We recently lowered the ventilation on the side so that you can stick plants on the sides if you like. And our Mm -hmm. largest now has a um, screen top.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
4: Do you currently breed uh,
1: crested geckos, Jeff?
4: Yes. Very small scale, but uh, yes, I do.
1: Okay. Um, I'll I'll ask you some uh, crested gecko question husbandry uh, questions, uh, while we're going through this, too, because I'm a new crested gecko keeper, and I know a lot of people that listen to the show are uh, starting to get interested in crested, and... um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm a leopard gecko guy through and through, I'm really uh, hooked on those, but there's something about crested geckos, the way they feel in your hands, and they have this velvety touch to their skin, and I don't know, they just, the way they, they kind of feel like a little monkey, like grabbing onto your hand and holding on, and there's just something about them that's just very appealing, and um, for you, what is it about the crested geckos that you like so much?
4: To me, it's their colors and patterns, um, mainly pinstripes out uh, of Crested Geckos. That's what caught me right away. Um, my very mm-hmm. first gecko, I bought it out of a generic pet shop, and it's literally a buckskin. Um, but to me, mm-hmm. like what initially got me was the crests and the little spikes on their heads and all the way down their back. Um, it made it look a little demonic to me, which I, that, which is why I liked it. It was either that or a Europlatus fantasticus. And uh, to me, that one, because it was so fragile, I'd stuck to the beginner reptile, which was the Crested Gecko.
1: Okay, yeah, those those, uh, fantasticus are certainly delicate, that's for sure.
4: Um, Now,
1: with your your acrylic uh, vivariums here, can you put any kind of substrate on the bottom, or um, are you restricted in that sense? Can you just use anything, or what do you suggest?
4: You can use pretty much anything. Um, Most people use paper towel. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally use paper towel for my females, and I insert a lay box. Um, but for males, they use sphagnum moss, uh, mainly because okay. because of the, the construction of the acrylic vivariums. It is a flat pack, so you can ship it anywhere in the world practically with uh, only a few instances where they got damaged. Um, but uh, the thing that ends up happening is that uh, sometimes there's a leak, um, but once the substrate on the bottom packs down, you never have an issue again. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. I understand, I understand
1: that. that. Now, like with acrylic... Um the seams, you would think that they're kind of glued together, but it's actually, um, the way they actually seal them, those those uh, connected, well, the where, they, where the two pieces of acrylic meat, it's actually uh, a solvent that goes in the groove, and it actually merges the two plastic uh, pieces together in a sense. So um, I guess leaks would be very rare, because the way that stuff works is it, it creates a tight bond, Right.
4: Yes, but uh, the way ours is designed is um, it's literally like puzzle pieces being put together. Um, mm-hmm. So we recommend putting a sealant afterwards, but the sealant is not uh, included. So it's literally fitting together like Lego blocks almost. Gotcha. Okay. So if somebody wanted to um,
1: go get a tube of uh, clear bathroom cloth or something, that would work, right? Sorry. You said that if you said that if somebody wanted to. Um, seal it up afterwards, they could probably go get themselves a tube of, like, a bathroom pile caulk or something like that to use, I would would assume?
4: Um, What I would use is, uh, not really, uh, aquarium sealants is probably best for the uh, health of the animal um, because it does off-gas a lot faster and then uh, you can then, after three days of airing it out, you can put the animal into it. Uh, The thing with... um, like the washroom ones, it has high high VOC content, which is uh, carcinogenic, so it can kill your reptile. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Take that advice. Don't take my advice, folks. <laughs> awesome. All right. Now, now, with the ventilation on the sides, you, I guess the ventilation uh, is on two sides of the enclosure. So you get like a cross-draft, is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, what other products do you have... Uh, for the Crested
4: Geckos, or is that it? Specifically for Crested Geckos, that's it. Um, other products that we also carry are digital thermometers. We also have our own line of Eco-Earth and Spagnuma, mm-hmm. And we also have our new product, which is the Easy Loop, which is a 60-time loop that clips onto your phone so that you can sex geckos.
1: Now, that's that's really interesting. Well, let's talk about the um, Eco-Earth uh, like product first. Um, what is it? Is it a type of uh, moss or compressed uh, cocoa bark? What is that?
3: Yeah, it's cocoa
4: fiber. So it's ground up. It's exactly like what's on the market now, but we're trying to make it more cost-effective to our clients. So okay. we imported it from it? directly from India. It's a, we just call it uh, cocoa fiber. There's no specific Coca-fiber? name for oh. it with us.
1: Yep. Gotcha. Okay, and, and you can buy it in like a brick form or what is it, in a bag or...
4: It's brick form, so then you would extend it at home in a bucket with water. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right.
1: All right. Let's talk about the easy loop. What exactly is that?
4: So what it is, it's um, it's a clip-on loop. So typically in the gecko market, specifically for crested geckos, we use um, loops to sex the geckos to see pores. So with the, the idea of that, I always found it very difficult to then sex the gecko and see, you know, I could always see the pores, but then when I brought it over to a client, they'd just be like, oh, I can't see anything. So what I thought of was, okay, why don't we come up with a clip that comes onto your phone, screw it on, and then you can take pictures of the pore region and show them if there's pores or if there isn't pores. So it's just a higher selling feature when you're at expos because a lot of people don't trust you when you're trying to tell them, yes, this is a female. So Mm -hmm. you show them um, right on your phone, being like, look, I just took this photo. You can show it live action as well because it auto-zooms depending on how close you are to the animal.
3: Ah, that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I wish we um, had something like that for leopard geckos, but, you know, we've got to wait till they're a certain age uh, to be sexed and whatnot. I've heard that if you can, with leopard geckos at least, you can put them under, when they're, even when they're absent, you can put them uh, in front of a very bright light, like, in, like a, a pen light or even uh, a microscope light, and you could look for the uh, the testicular arteries uh, in the males. Uh, is there anything like that yet for Crested Geckos, do you think?
4: No. For sexing them, the only real way to do it is with the pore region, or you wait mm-hmm. until they're of certain age and then either balls drop or they don't.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and a male, an adult male is, is obviously, you can certainly see it in Crested Geckos. Uh but I do have some females here that seem a little bit bulgy too. So I mean, I guess that can be the confusing part. When they're at a certain age, um it's it's tough to tell. So it's all about the pores then.
3: At, at, yes. At you- uh, with females they- yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
4: Uh with females they have pseudopores. So um the thing about it is is that you have to see the pinprick right in the center of the scale. Um, It's not just an indentation in the scale.
1: Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to learn more and more about Crestigeth as as I go. Um, All right, folks. We're going to open up the phone lines uh, now for your questions. And uh, Jeff is generously uh, donating some products for the nightly call raffle. Okay. So the number to call in is 646-478-5331. And it looks like we have a caller on the line already. And uh, let's go ahead and take caller from the 803 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Oh, hello? I didn't even know I was on the, on the call list, David. This is Dylan. Um, oh, hey, Dylan. Uh, Do I you didn't... have a question? Uh, no, I didn't even... One. <laughs> okay, we'll take the next one. Thanks, Dylan. Hey. All right, Uh let's see. 253, I think I know this is. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio.
5: Hey guys, how you doing? This is Elsa.
1: Hi Elsa, how are you?
5: Okay, uh, I have a question for Jeff. Uh, maybe I missed something because I'm I'm in and out of tubs tonight and, and weighing geckos. But have have you uh, looked into actual uh, an actual distributor for your products uh, in Canada and the United States, large scale types?
4: Right now, in the, in the United States, we don't have a large-scale distributor, but in Canada, we do. We have PetSave, as well as um, we have um, Tails and Scales here in Toronto as our distributors. So, PetSave is, um, is the parent company of Big Al's Pets, and they distribute to 2,000 stores across Canada.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Auslan. No No worries. All right, we have another caller. I think I know who this is. Caller from the 907 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
6: Hey there, Jeffrey. Hey, Dave. How are you? This is Marcy.
3: Hey, Marcy. Hey, Marcy. How How's are you? Going? Oh,
5: I'm actually feeling more human than I have in a long time, so that's really awesome.
1: Good. I'm glad you're feeling better.
5: Yeah, I've actually got my little man working on some child this afternoon it's Sunny in Juneau, and uh, it's a sweltering uh, 69.6 degrees outside.
1: Now my kind of weather.
5: Yes, yes. Uh. So uh, I just I just wanted to uh, say that I'm absolutely in love with my uh, Repti Vibs as well as my Repti Ledge products, and I'm also very happy to uh, carry them. Um, on our MS2 website, and I am very, very proud of Jeffrey and his heart and his enthusiasm for taking his ideas forward and running with them. And I just uh, can't say any more than that. He's just taken his ideas and run, and I encourage him wholeheartedly all the way Um they're just fantastic. I lo- my cresteds are just absolutely adorable in them, and I they're just perfect enclosures.
4: Thank you for the kind words, Marcy. And if everybody didn't know, Marcy is exclusive for all of Alaska for edge products.
5: Oh, thank you. All yeah, right, thank cool. you for
3: mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, I That's also awesome.
5: really like them. One of the things that I really like about them, I don't know if anybody's mentioned it, I've been... Uh, like I said, I had my son working on um, chow, so it's kind of loud. Um, but uh, with me, uh, with my arthritic condition, sometimes it's hard for me to lift things. They're extraordinarily light, so um, which I'm sure you've probably mentioned. But for me, it's a real bonus uh, when cleaning. So uh, for me, it's just a win-win all around. Thank they you. Yeah, this uh, small
4: is...
1: Uh, hold on one second. I just want to mention, as a distributor, Marcy, and you seem to know a lot about the products, too. If you are if you want to stay on the line for a little bit, you're welcome to.
5: Oh, yeah, I'd love to. All right, cool. Go ahead, Jeff.
4: I was just going to say that the smallest two pounds, the um, medium is three and a half pounds, and the largest five pounds.
5: Yeah, they're, oh, they're not, ex- extre- extremely handleable. They're, I mean, you know, and medium is even with decor inside an enclosure is very easy to move around and easy to clean, you know. It's just uh, I couldn't be happy happier with them.
1: Well, I gotta tell you both. Um I tried with my cresties um I I kinda I guess you can call I tried to go a little bit cheap on the on the on the enclosures and but they look cool in a sense. I got those um those new rubbermaid ones with the, you know, the doors that open in the front. But I'm I'm not crazy about the way they fit in my reptile room and on my shelves. So I'm going to be switching. And I I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with those because they they work fine. But I like I think your products just have a much cleaner, more professional look, uh, Jeff. They're just much more aesthetically pleasing. And I particularly like the ventilation on the sides. Um, I don't know. It just looks like a a much better way to keep uh arboreals. And uh Hey Dave I think I'm gonna be switching. Go ahead, Marcy. Let's
5: see. Um mm-hmm. how big is how big is
1: your crested? Um, well I have a few. There, are I have various sizes. I have a baby one and I have a few adults and okay. a couple mid sized ones.
5: Well, since you're so you were so kind enough to um, Set aside an E ask for me for my birthday. Um, I'm gonna be sending you a, a small Repti ledge for your birthday. Um huh. because awesome. you've been so good to me. And uh, so, thank you so much. Uh and then you'll 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 be able to genuinely extol the praises of Jeffrey's Repti repti yourself. <laughs>
1: That'd be cool. I appreciate it. Your your little gecko is getting big too, much. So
5: maybe yeah, you're, you're gonna ready to them.
1: Nice, cool. Yeah. No. Thank you very much. I'd love to try it out. And yeah, Jeff, I'm gonna order a few of the the reptile edges too. I, I'm probably gonna wind up getting a whole bunch of the things from you. So it's it just looks the way like the right thing to do, especially because of the visibility alone. You know, all the lights gonna get in um, with the Rubbermaid tubs. They have just the front door. That's it, and they're made out of a black plastic. So it's very dark in there, so yeah, I'm not too crazy about them. But um, hey, Jeff, let's talk about lighting with your with your vivarium setups. Um, now, with crested geckos, they're a type of gecko that ne- doesn't necessarily uh, need lighting, but you could certainly put fluorescent lighting on top. Um, I guess you wouldn't want to use an incandescent bulb with these, would you?
4: Not really. No heat lamps. You can use UVB bulbs. Um, it does mm-hmm. allow 84% of UVB to pass through it. The intensity is lowered once it passes, but it does allow mm-hmm. U V to pass. So um, right now, our new larges with the screen top would be better for reptiles that um, need UVB because then it allows it to pass, um, mm-hmm. like 100%. But uh, these ones right now, because of the solid tops, they allow 84 to 86% uh, from our testing of UVB
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, Does UVB benefit a crested gecko at all, or probably not? They don't really get much from it.
4: They're a nocturnal species. Um, I like to provide it regardless, um, if they're a nocturnal species or if they're awake during the day, primarily because, um, you know, the sun Mm -hmm. is in nature, so if you can have something that mimics it in their their, um, enclosures, then I personally think that you should provide it.
1: It can't hurt, right? Like a like a
4: situation. You can't hear like that. No, I can't. Gotcha.
1: Okay. All right, we have another caller. I'm going to take a call from the three three zero area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
6: Hey guys, it's Brooke.
3: Hey Brooke. how are you? I'm good. Yeah, crashes, um,
6: right? Was, um but I need to get some soon. <laughs> I have a gargoyle that I got from Joe.
1: Gotcha, okay. That's right. Hello. Yeah, you're here. you're still online. What
6: can we do oh, for you tonight? phone cut out. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, um, the large vivariums you have, is are they big enough to fit a full-grown crested?
4: Yes, yes, they are designed specifically for a single adult, and depending on the size, some people do put a pair in them, um, but I would recommend a single adult, either male or female, would fit perfectly in them.
6: Oh, okay. That was all cool.
1: I to know. <laughs> okay, thanks, Brooke. <laughs> all
6: right, thank you. Bye.
4: All right.
1: Now, Jeff, um, are these uh when you buy these, are they pre assembled or they, do you assemble them yourself?
4: You assemble them yourself, so they're shipped flat.
1: Oh, cool. That's actually good. I was just gonna ask, like, did you have to you know, is it complicated with because 'cause they're you know, they're kinda big, but wow, that's that's a good that's a good idea. And I'm assuming they're made in overseas as well?
4: Yes yes, uh we have uh, six factories that work for us in China right now, so um nice. we distribute the work evenly between them nice, that's awesome wow okay
1: so when you get when somebody orders one um they're gonna they're gonna receive it in a in a flattened position and then they can just go ahead and assemble it um is it do they need any special tools to assemble it or is it pretty easy?
4: No, it's just the Phillips screwdriver. It's also recommended to have needle nose pliers just to, inc- just to tighten these screws uh, from mm-hmm. the inside side holding the nuts. Um, but all you need is a Phillips screwdriver to put it together. Okay.
3: All right.
1: Uh, in Alaska, Marcy, are you finding that uh, there's more and more people getting involved with geckos, and Crested geckos in particular?
5: There are um, some people that are getting involved um, with them, um, with the introduction of some of the larger chain pet stores, um, there are more crested geckos coming into the community, and so, um, I have, uh, had several people in some of my reptile, in one of my reptile groups, uh, asking about the enclosures, um, and so I was really excited, uh, when one of the ladies wrote, she's like, yes, Marcy's got the enclosures I want in stock. And I'm like, yeah. You know, I was really excited um, about that because she's been just dreaming about the vibs the for a while. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, and I just have to say, you know, the first time I put one together, I'm not the handiest of, of people. And if I can put it together, anyone can put one together. Um, it took me a little bit of time uh, the first time. And I've got arthritic can, you know. If I can put it together, anybody can put one together. Um, and I had a blast with scrapbook paper, putting a scrapbook paper background on, on the back of mine. Um, and by the time I put together my fifth one, I was, like, banging through it like nobody's business. Um, and I just had a blast doing it. And, you know, the, the cost savings, Jeffrey, um, by choosing to ship everything flat, and the way you've done it um, is excellent. So you know, and your quality, uh, your quality and your service has just been outstanding. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Hey Jeff, are you looking for distributors uh, in Pennsylvania at all, or in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York area?
4: Yep, yep. Uh, We're always looking for more wholesalers. Uh, It's dependent on if you want exclusivity or not. Um, But uh, we're looking everywhere.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Okay, because I was thinking about adding some products to my website. Um, I'm going to be adding Herbstat, uh, uh, Herbstat, thermostats, and uh, also a couple other things. So um, maybe something we could talk about during the week.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have nobody in New York or Pennsylvania right now that I
1: know of. Nice, nice. I I was just thinking, I was at the New York, uh, the Pennsylvania, Hamburg, Pennsylvania show yesterday the Expo, and I didn't see anything like your product there, and it would have been great to have them on my table, but, uh, you know, maybe in the future we can do that. I also went at the New York White Plains show, too, so that could be something cool as well.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, we're planning on hitting up some United States shows next year as well. So we're going to try to do a small road trip across uh, at least a couple of states.
1: Nice, nice. I think the first stop should be uh, the New York show. if You can make it there. It's a good one.
4: Definitely. Yeah, it's the closest. So uh, we, we would uh, look at that one first. Okay.
1: Why don't you tell us about um, the product that you made for Leopard Gecko people?
4: Sure. Uh, so the one that I made was, it's called the edge Stand. So it's for ground-dwelling reptiles. It's pretty much the same product as the it's just it's, um, It holds two one-and-a-half-ounce or two-ounce uh, Dixie cups. And um, we, we designed it specifically to hold calcium and water, um, and then you would have a mealworm dish on the side. But we've had some people who have had success with putting mealworms in those dishes as well.
1: Hmm, okay, yeah, I've, I've done that. Um, they don't really climb out. Um, actually, you know what you can do is you can use the clear lid of a two-ounce deli cup, cut out the centerpiece uh, carefully with, like, a razor, and um, it, it actually creates, like, an escape-proof lid, in a sense, and you'll have less of them getting out. I don't think you can, get, you can keep all of them from getting out, but if you only put a few on the bottom at a time, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty uh, sure not to lose them all. So that's that's a pretty cool idea. Um, wow, that's that's awesome. And um, I'm looking at your site right here. It says yeah, it looks like you have a, uh, a replica jacket too. Are you selling those? A jacket? Yeah, there's a guy with a cool looks like a cool gray windbreaker with the big replica symbol on it. <laughs>
4: Oh, oh, that's on my Facebook page. Yes, that's for us to wear to shows. Uh, we're going to be giving those to our wholesalers and distributors for them to wear to shows as well. It's not going to be for that's sale. That's pretty cool. Um, it's more for people to represent our brand when they're at shows. Okay,
1: okay, gotcha. What kind of moss are you selling uh, with your stuff? What are the other products?
4: Uh, we have um, we have spagnum moss right now. We're working with an importer uh, to bring in more, um, like different mosses, like the frog mosses and things like that. But right now we've tested and approved of the sphagnum moss that he brings in. So that's something we're, we've brought to market in the last week, or two weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm looking at your site lab. You've got so many beautiful pictures of different types of geckos and stuff. What do you think um, uh, about your, your variants for uh, like frogs
4: and stuff. Are they good for those as well? Um, yeah, we're actually currently designing a specific one for dart frogs, um, so that uh, fruit flies will it'll, it'll be escape-proof at least. Uh, the way we're working it with our uh, large vivs, at least, is we're going to have a exchangeable screen on the top because so that uh, you can switch it out if it was for frogs, so then the um, so the flies can not get out.
1: Right, and they use those, for the frogs. they're using those uh, wingless fruit flies, I think, so. but they can still climb and stuff, can't they?
4: Yes, they can still climb, and the thing is that you just don't want them getting out. Even sometimes in a wingless fruit fly culture, you might get one or two that have uh, wings in them that ruins the the culture, but regardless, Mm -hmm. um, it's just better off to have something that's escape proof if if you can.
1: Okay, Now, now this question... Jeff, uh, you don't have to go into too much detail about, but um, I've thought about a few of my own little inventions and stuff that I would like to bring to the community at some point, point. and my biggest fear is, you know, inventing something really cool and then having it copied by or imitated by someone else, and uh, in your experience, what does one have to do if they have an idea that you, that has merit, and, and they want to take it to the next level, and possibly uh, make their own invention. What, what what are the necessary steps to protect your invention?
4: So the way we did it with our products is um, there's two different options that you can go after. It's either a utility patent or a design patent. A design patent is, is only to protect the specific look and feel of that specific product. So if somebody was to modify it, say, like with our vivariums, if they were to move the Uh, ventilation or if they were to just shorten it by half an inch or, you know, change the the shape of the door, then they would not be violating our patent. But what we did was we had a utility patent filed for, which it is actually for the ventilation scheme of our varium. So it's specifically designed so that the acrylic will not warp because of high humidity because uh, acrylic is known for that. So under the dimensions that we designed for, we had it to a specific ratio, which we're not going to disclose until the patent is actually approved, um, to ensure that the acrylic doesn't warp and that um, it has enough ventilation so that it does not create mold within the enclosures. So when we created our design, I then brought the initial prototype to an IP lawyer, which then they brought it to a draftsperson. From there, they um, came up with a design that was about about three months of going through it. And from there, they submitted it to Canada and the United States uh, for patent approval and currently we're waiting for it. So that's pretty much the process you need to go through. I would recommend you can see the steps to do it yourself. It's very easy if you know CAD work, but um, me knowing CAD work, there's a a very easy way to mess it up. So I would tell you to go to an IT lawyer to get it done through them.
1: Okay, and CAD work is computer aided design. Is that what it is? Yes, yes. All right, understand, understood. All right, yeah, that's that. That was good advice, absolutely. And I and I guess it's pretty much the same in Canada and the U.S. as far as uh, patents go, right? I mean, like
4: it's just the name of it It, that's changed. Yeah, the legal part is the same. So the way it works is when you file for a patent. Um, the day that you're approved, if anybody is caught mimicking your product with a utility mm-hmm. patent or even a design patent, so if somebody completely rips off your product or is selling it, for, like say they somehow a factory in China and then they design they end up bringing it in and sending it under their own brand, from the day I filed for my patent to the day I got approved, um, every single sale that that person gets is been mine. So that would... That's the way it works. So if anybody rips you off for your design or your utility patent, that person owes you every single sale ever made of that product.
1: That's awesome. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. All right. Well, hopefully um, that won't happen to any, any of us out there. Everybody out there that's listening, if you guys have an idea, don't ruin it for yourself by not... Getting that, going to see that lawyer and doing it the right way, get that patent for it, um, secure your, your rights to it. Um, that's exactly what I had to do with this radio show. My last show was,
3: uh,
1: it didn't work out so well because I didn't go through the necessary steps to secure my rights to it, to my idea and my invention. So, but I did it the right way with this one. So, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Um, to learn that lesson in the beginning and to not do it the smart way, definitely hurts. So, guys, trust me. I'll do it the right way. All right. Uh, Jeff, we're at the halfway point. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And, Marcy, thank you for sticking with us. And, uh, folks, check out
3: thank this message
1: from message from our awesome sponsors. Here we go.
0: Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at gecko nation radio i also have a great family friendly group on facebook called gecko nation apply for membership today gecko nation radio is sponsored by ohio gecko is famous for amazing tangerines snows and other very unique leopard gecko projects thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at expos in the northeast he is also the owner of GeckoForums.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need, from ExoTerra, ZooMed, Rapashi, RepCal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook, and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit SupremeGecko.com for his available animals and supplies. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net.
1: All right, folks, welcome back. And, um... I just want to mention that our sponsor, ABDragons.com, has their standard 5% off coupon code for you. It's Gecko All in Caps, and that's going to save you 5% off on Dubia and your FlexWatt. So check them out at ABDragons.com. All right, we're going to get into our second half of the show with Jeff Romero and our guest, uh, unannounced guest host co-host Marcy from MS2 Enterprises, also a uh, reseller of Jeff's products. Uh, welcome back, guys. Um, Marcy, why don't you start off the second
5: half of the show? Well, Jeff, one of the things that I'm excited about is that um, my next order that I placed with you, I want to order some of the Easy Loops, and I know you talked about them a little bit previously, um, but I think that's probably one of the um, most intimidating things for me as far as crusted and gargoyles is sexing. And so can you talk to me a little bit about um, using the easy loop and um, how it works? Can you explain that a little more? And um, sexing crusted and gargoyles because I think for me that's very intimidating. Um,
3: Sure. And I think sure.
5: you've got so, um, amazing, amazing, I've seen some of the pictures of some of your gargoyles and some of your crests, and I'm just like, wow. Um, and I'm just getting, I'm starting to touch on that now, and I'm.
4: Yeah, so the the way the easy loop works is it's, it clips onto your phone, and the way it works is you put the gecko in uh, either a petri dish or a uh, deli cup, and uh, you put it right up to the coral region. And you, it literally shows live on your screen when you zoom in, and it auto focuses because that's the way that the camera on the phone works. And it has a built-in light as well, so you can either use an LED light to light the pore region, or you can use a black light. Which when you take a photo, it sometimes, well, most of the time, it makes the pore region on males glow, so you'll see the actual pinpricks if it's a male or a female. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's it's very, very simple. It literally just clips onto your phone over your camera. Um, once you have it centered, you put it right up against your gecko, and it has 60 times magnification. So it's um, it's it's very simple. You just put it there, and then you just take a picture. Or you can look at it at live view if you really want to. Right.
5: I'm
4: going to put a picture me, of it in the knowing
5: chat. Me, I'll be, knowing me, I'll be taking pictures and be going... Does this look like this is a boy or a girl? Do you see pores or not? Until I got really well, comfortable with leopard geckos. I was sending parts pictures to everybody. Is this look like a boy or
3: a girl?
4: <laughs> yeah, the good thing about it is that, um it's very easy to see because if you go online and you look at uh, sexing photos of crested geckos in particular, or even gargoyle geckos, um, you'll see that there's distinctive three lines that have pores. Pores, if it's a male, and um, mm-hmm. if you find that on your crested gecko, you know for sure it is going to be a male. The only thing that can be wrong is if you mix up pseudopores with real pores.
5: Right. I've read about that. So. It'll be a, it'll be fun once I get to that stage. Um, now, when do you think you will have uh, hide, uh, some of the repti hides available?
4: See, the highs right now, um, we've stopped production on them because a lot of uh, our competitors have very similar products to them. Um, We Mm -hmm. still do have some in stock. So if you did want to order what we have left or whatever, just send me a message and uh, we can talk about it. Because right now on the website, it does say just to contact us if you are interested and it depends on what we have in stock. But because of um, the competition in the market, we really want something that distinguishes us from our competitors rather than mimicking them. So we want something that's um, truly ours and nobody confuses with somebody else's.
5: Okay. Well, I actually have an idea about that. Maybe I'll see something later on.
4: Yep, yep. Well, we're working on a new design for hides. So um, we will need some cool. leopard gecko people and some ball python people uh, for input on those. So uh, we will be on the lookout. Excellent. Hmm.
1: I got a lot of insight on that. I can help you out with that
3: for sure. Um, what yeah, is, what do you
1: see? Uh, also, what else do you see for the future, Jeff? Of uh, Repulents, uh, what kind of other uh, things do you think you'll be bringing to us?
4: We have a lot of products in the pipeline. Um, it's always about Im- innovating and trying mm-hmm. to find a need in the industry that's currently not serviced. So the way I've tried to work it out is um, we have a progression of, like we have a business model where even with our business plan. Um, We have currently about 12 products designed, and it's really about research and seeing what is going to be a hit and what is actually needed more so than anything. So um, I I don't want to get too in-depth in it because some of it is in the patent process, so I can't really disclose enough information because the way it works with public disclosure is the minute you say it, you have one year to actually um, get it patented or else you lose the rights to the product. Okay, I understand.
1: So if I were to announce, okay, I'm making a new uh, type of feed bowl, for instance, um, I'm not, but if I were, it, you know, if I announced it today, but I, I haven't gone through any of that patent process, I still have a year that it's mine?
4: Yeah, from one year from public disclosure. So if you've ever had a conversation about it with anybody, um, count that as a public disclosure because uh, you never know what happens in court later on when they bring in a, a witness saying, look, I knew about this as a year and three months before you actually launched it, and it's not actually viable. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Wow, there's lots of different, you know, legal things that you need to worry about, too. That's, why, that's what lawyers are for. Trying to figure that out on yes, yes. by yourself would be... It's very difficult, I would think.
4: Yeah, this is all well, under advice from our IP lawyer, so I do recommend one highly.
1: Yes, yes, I, I agree. Um, well, well, you know, I, it's one of those things that it has to be done the right way or else you're just going to lose it. Like, I was careful that I didn't announce certain things and that I was working on. Like with, with Gecko projects, it's kind of like, for instance... You know, there's a lot of different combos and stuff that I'm working on, and I like to I get I get excited about my projects, and I like to announce what I'm doing. And it's not always the best thing to do because you know then others I I've seen other breeders you know copy what I'm working on and you know start going along the same work you know same road. But um, yeah, it's it's a fine line. Like you want to show your inventions or you want to show what you're working on because you're excited about it, but the smart person doesn't do that, I guess. Right, Jeff. I mean, the smart person keeps it under wraps until it's ready to be unveiled. Unveiled, I guess.
3: I mean,
4: yeah. Once you have a final product and you know, like, that you can actually have it patented within the year, or at least filed, mm-hmm. because you need to file it before a year. Um, you can announce. You can start selling everything like that. We ran into that issue where we had somebody looking to mimic or copy our acrylic cesariums. which is why we put a, like, a speed, like told them to speed up on it and uh, let's get it in right away, make sure that we're taken care of because um, we didn't want somebody coming into the market and completely ripping off our product.
1: And how long is a patent like that good for?
4: It's good for uh, well design patents are 10 years and uh, utility patents are 25 years if I remember correctly. It depends on Canada and US there's different time frames for them.
1: All right. Now, but you always see you know, 10 25 years, but then like with other products, you always see uh see knockoffs that I guess they're they're getting around it by making them slightly different where it, um, I'm just trying to figure out how they're able to do it legally. Um, yeah, it some depends some if the,
4: the original patent. It depends if the original design was patented in the first place. If they did it within the first launch. Also, it depends on if they've changed it enough where it doesn't violate the ca- the patent. Because there are people who specifically hire IP lawyers to then review patents and see how they can then modify it so that they can launch something that's similar. Gotcha.
1: Okay. There's always a way around it, too.
3: Yeah.
1: All
4: right.
3: Well, folks, I just want to m- why, remind like, you,
1: guys, that um, you can call. Hold on, Jeff. You can just. If you guys want to call in with your questions about crested or uh, Jeff products? Uh, give us a call at six four six four seven eight five three three one, and uh, you'll be entered into our uh, raffle. To uh, what kind of prizes did you want to give, Jeff?
4: We're looking to give away uh, ten reptile edge stands to an individual who has a leopard gecko collection and wants to try them out, um, and we're just right now because I've liked being on the show, I'd like to give a second prize out, which is going to be a small reptile vivarium with a hatchling ledge as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's very generous of you. Thank you so much. All right, folks, get your calls no. in. You Now's the time. And, um, yeah, go ahead, Marcy. Do you have any other questions for Jeff?
5: Um, let me, uh, I, I just have to say that I love the ledges. Um, if anyone does not have a lead uh, in their vivarium, they're absolutely wonderful um, they're i' am actually looking forward to uh, getting some of the stamps and using them for my leopard gecko. Um, I have a bunch of uh, several different types of stems and um, I'm always finding my calcium knocked over, water knocked over. I'll look over and somebody's all steamy and I'll be like, oh, man. So I'm excited to actually try this because I'm going to say, oh, hey. So uh, I'm looking forward to definitely trying that out because uh, it seems like it would be a, a definite uh, – they look really sturdy and it, it looks like something I could really use. So, Hey,
1: Jeff, you've been on some pretty uh, interesting um, – well, you've been on a, a, a radio show now, other than ours, and you've been on television. You want to tell us a little bit about those
4: experiences? Yeah. Well, um, last week I was on CBC Radio 1, which is uh, a news channel here in uh, Canada. It's on uh, 99.1, and uh, it was in regards to a competition that Repuledge won last year. Um, and uh, just going over our industry and um, our business. So last year, we entered two competitions. Um, One was, it's called Ignite Capital. Uh, This is when we were in the startup phase. And uh, initially, there was 50 applicants. We were then shortlisted down to uh, 10, and then from there to the final five, and we ended up winning the competition. Um, So because of that, we've had some media exposure, including articles written in newspapers and um, some televised things and uh, the radio as well. Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Um, I was just going uh, to, I'm, I'm kind of curious also, you know, with my ideas that I have cooking, um, I guess it's always cheaper to have your ideas uh, made overseas and then uh, shipped here. Um, to, in order to get, like, say I have an idea about something, who would I start by trying to contact overseas to make it for
3: me?
4: The way we worked through that was uh, we hired an agent down in China to find us our factories, Um, Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, we didn't want to select just any factory. Um, We wanted to ensure that no children were being used for labor. We also wanted to ensure that there was a high quality of life and people were being paid fairly for um, the work that they were doing. So we hired an agent down in China, which then did uh, thorough reports of about 25 different factories. From there, we shortlisted it down to the six we have now. So we ensure that every single product is made to the highest of quality, and the people that are making it aren't being endangered, or um, there's no child like, child labor either. Uh, that's so important. A lot of people don't even
1: don't even think about that. I, I, and, you know, that's a very respectable uh, way to do it, Jeff. That's awesome, seriously.
4: Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a high cost up front. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking, it, it was a very high cost up front to get the report written and all of that, but uh, just making sure that everything is done properly is what's number one to us.
1: Right, and yeah, that is so important today because, geez, a lot of us don't even realize what goes on overseas and some of these plants. And, yeah, it, it's horrendous, uh, the child labor, of course, and whatnot. Well, we have another call on the line. Let's uh, go ahead and take this call from the 508 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio.
6: Good evening, guys. It's Rachel.
1: Hi, Rachel. How are
6: you? I'm doing pretty well. I've been listening in. Um, I'll admit I did not know about reptile edges before this show. So it's been kind huh. of enlightening. And um, I'm kind of a leopard gecko person only at the moment, but I was pleased to see the little uh, rep the stand version for terrestrials. So I was wondering, Mm -hmm. have you considered maybe making dishes that are not disposable, like maybe an acrylic dish that you could take out and wash at
3: all?
4: Uh, We currently do have dishes that are reusable. They're not up on the website right now, Um, but we do work with a manufacturer that uh, makes us uh, ramekins that are uh, one and a half ounces as well, which are machine washable, and um, they can be put... Yeah, they're machine washable, and they're reusable.
6: Wow, because I'd be really interested, I think, in that if uh, you were selling those, because uh, one of the things I don't like is that we use a lot of disposable things in husbandry, and, you know, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm just kind of adding up all the waste we're putting into landfills a year. So I love when I can reuse things. So that's kind of cool to hear, and I hope to see them, you know, kind of available for order online.
4: Yeah, we're going to be launching our full eco line soon. Uh, we did announce it a few months ago, but then we had a shortage with uh, our manufacturer with the cups. But we've found a new connection, and uh, we should be getting them in very, very soon. Um, environmental sustainability is very important to me. In my full-time job, I'm a sustainability consultant, so um, it, it was to ensure that all of our products are sustainable.
6: All right, that's awesome to hear. And I have to say I'm very interested in seeing uh, what the new hide designs are because I'm always looking at, you know, kind of having more of the modern, very easy-to-clean hides. So I'll be looking for that coming up this year thanks. or whenever you get to
4: it. <laughs> yeah, Thanks.
5: And Rachel, I'll just have to say that I was fortunate um, enough to receive uh, one of them from Jeffrey with the uh, ceramic bolt, and I love them.
6: Oh, cool. Sounds awesome. I can't wait to see more of those available.
5: Yeah, I think you'll really like them. And um, so just keep checking back on their website. And... um, and when you see them strike, when the iron is hot, when you see one of the uh, one of the many distributors uh, throughout the U.S. that has them, um, strike while the iron is hot because I'm sure they're going to go like hotcakes. I bet.
6: All right, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thank you.
1: Hey Jeff, um, you know, as as a Canadian, what, what do you see happening in Canada with the uh, with herpetoculture, do you see it expanding? Do you see it developing? Uh, what are your thoughts?
4: We're starting to see more and more breeders appearing at EXOS. Um, just from like when we actually started on the EXO scene as Reptile Edge um, till now, it's just it's grown exponentially. Like there's at least ten to fifteen more vendors out there. Um, we're seeing a lot more interest in uh, in uh, snakes, colubrids in particular. Um, but the crested gecko market, it has stayed steady, and a uh, gargoyle market has grown. Mm, interesting. Okay.
1: What about snakes up there? Are snakes popular?
4: Yep. Yeah, yeah, very popular. Ball pythons is our number one seller. Um, also, um, just bluebirds in general, there's the, what's the rear fanged venomous one again. Um, Hognose snakes. They're, those are actually yes. growing exponentially. A lot, a lot of people are getting more hognose ge- uh, snakes.
1: Hmm, cool. Yeah.
4: That's, that's
3: interesting.
1: Well, I thought you know, as we're talking here, I'm looking at your products, and believe it or not, I've actually come up with some ideas. I don't know if you you've come up with them already yourself, but um, I'm, I don't know. i look came up with a couple of cool ideas, innovations for you that I could run by you during the week.
4: Um, yeah. Perfect. Send us an email. Uh, uh, we can talk over Facebook if anything.
1: Should I patent those ideas though, first, Jeff, before talking to you?
4: I can send on Disclosure, which then makes it uh, not a <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> just
3: kidding.
4: All
1: right, cool. Well, um, well, I guess uh, you know we're, we're going to come to the end of the show. Jeff, uh, is there anything that you can um, that you want to tell us that uh, that you feel is important about? Uh, that you can leave the listeners with?
4: Yep. Um, So to us, um, the number one priority for us is ensuring that all of our products are environmentally sustainable. Um, All of our acrylic is 96% recycled acrylic, and all the shipping is offset through uh, purchasing carbon credits, so we are a net-zero company as well. So we do not create any emissions ourselves. Mm.
1: That's awesome. I guess going forward, you'll be doing that with all the, the, the new innovations as well, right? Yep, yeah,
4: yep. Yeah. Um, being an environmental consultant uh, by day, I can't really put my name on something that is not sustainably friendly um, because like I do truly believe in it. energy efficiency and uh, ensuring that like, materials and resources are recycled is very important.
3: Mm,
1: that's cool. And you know what? That's the future of doing business, and uh, that's just the the best, uh, the better way to do things today, of course. Uh, sustainability, I mean, I'm always looking for ways to do things, you know, using recycled materials and um, just being creative. And um, I think that's the way of the future. Not only will you save money, but you'll be helping to keep the environment cleaner. So uh, that's, that's admirable. So I'm, I'm really happy about our interview, Jeff, and I'm, I'm really excited about your products. And I'm actually looking forward to switching over all of my my uh press enclosures. So uh, thanks for, for your awesome invention.
4: Thank you for having me on the radio show.
5: Anytime. Thank Jeff. you for all letting right. know more Bye. about uh all of your efforts um as far as, you know, keeping everything um uh, sustainable, um especially your efforts um in, in outsourcing. Um, keeping everything, you know, child labor free and that type of thing. A lot of times people get very leery when they hear that it, something is outsourced, um, you know, and a lot of times it's necessary in order to make it affordable, unfortunately these days. But I really do applaud your efforts um, in in doing that. I mean, that's just a really commendable um, and a very respectful way of, of doing it uh, and conducting business and, you know, and just all of my interactions with you have always been just nothing but admirable and uh like I said y- you just have a tremendous amount of drive and and desire to make this work, and you've done an incredible job uh, The other thing that I want to say is that i am um, excited for your upcoming marriage, and i I wish you both the uh Many, many years of happiness, so it's been kind of fun to the upcoming process of that. So I just had to say thank that, you, Marcy. too.
4: Yeah, thank She's you very much. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you, thank you.
1: Awesome. All right, thanks again, Jeff, for coming on.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: All right, Anytime. take care. Wow,
5: Marcy, you've got some
1: awesome stuff, huh?
5: Oh, it really does. I've been just nothing short of impressed with everything. Well, oh, it's,
1: it's no surprise why they've become so popular in Canada and America. I just like the fact that they're so clean-looking and very just, you know, it's like high-class looking, you know?
5: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, they're very versatile. I mean, you know, there's different ways. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with them, you know, you're not stuck with a particular look, you know, uh, and I really, I appreciate that with them. You know, you can, I mean, I've seen people set up their Reptivibs in so many different ways and, you know, just like with other ribs, but they're just, because of their, you know, 360 view, you can, it's just, you know, it it turns it into something different, you know.
1: You know, I, didn't, I forgot to mention, but these products are also probably excellent for tarantulas and insects and stuff like that too, right?
5: Yeah, I think that a lot of people, I've talked to people that who really uh, like tarantulas, have really looked to these um, and thought that they would work really well for those as well. Hmm. Well,
1: that's cool. Well, <laughs> anybody listening out there that wants to buy six? rubber made front drawer opening Crested Gecko tubs. I already cut holes in the lid. I cut holes in the lid. I installed screen and glued them. Um, I'm going to be selling them. So they cost me like $18 each, and I already modified them for your geckos. They got the screening in the lid, and they're all set up. Uh, I think I'll sell them for, uh,
4: let's see, I got six. You can have
1: all six for 75 bucks. So if somebody wants them, hit me up on Facebook, and uh, we'll make sure I get them to you. <laughs> well, Marcy, thanks for uh, jumping <laughs> in and being a great uh, co-host on a pinch and uh, in a pinch. And uh, thank you for sponsoring the show, of course, and making that awesome channel no our all of our feeders and everything. So I'm glad you're feeling better. Nope. I, I was worried about yeah, it. I'm
5: finally, yeah, I'm finally getting back to somewhat normal. I still am having a little bit of memory issues, which is kind of strange, but, you know, other than that, I'm, uh, you know, this past week is probably the first week that I'm finally starting to feel like I'm normal again, which is really nice. So
1: Good, good. Well, why don't we, uh, in the next couple of weeks, let's talk about uh, shipping you your new little gecko. How's that sound?
5: Yeah, that sounds good. I will... I will give you a shout on the phone and we can talk about that and you'll get a tracking number here and well we'll, maybe we'll talk on the phone we'll uh, figure out shipping for both and we'll go from there.
1: Sounds good. Awesome. All right, Marcy, thanks again and I'll talk to you soon.
5: Okay, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, good night. All right, folks, I'm going to play the outro and I'm going to come back with my closing remarks. And i got a cool song for everybody. Hang tight, folks.
0: Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to USARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the USARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org.
1: All right, folks, and my closing remarks are this. As you can see, this is someone that did everything the right way. He went ahead, he got his patents, he's doing it in an environment-friendly way, he's making sure he's not uh, using factories and businesses that are employing underage children and whatnot. That happens a lot in Asia. Um, that's one of the reasons why I don't support a lot of products that come from there. So I'm actually really impressed with Jeff and what he's doing with his business and his, with his inventions and his products. So, folks, give him a try. If you're a crested gecko uh, enthusiast, these are going to be perfect for you. And uh, I like the idea of his invention for leopard geckos. Uh, so just, just a great interview. Um, coming up next week, we have another Canadian show all about a feeder well it's not really a feeder company it's a company that breeds insects for food for people so tune in for that and uh, Steve will be eating some of those food products so that should be pretty interesting and uh, well I'm going to leave you guys with that everybody that is uh, participating in uh, Gecko Nation group Uh, the group is almost at 3,000 members and we've done that in less than nine months which is incredible,
3: and uh,
1: I've never been involved in a Facebook group that's had so much positivity and just friendliness, okay, and helpfulness. So it's definitely one of the best groups on Facebook. So thanks, folks. And uh, those that are in our chat room still, we have Brooke Polanski, who is an awesome graphic designer. She uh, has been designing a lot of people's logos in uh, the ARP community, so Thank you, Brooke, for your hard work. We have Mike Rickett, a gecko enthusiast. We have Rachel. You heard her on the air. We have Sean from Heavy Duty Reptiles, and we have Steph Schamber in our chat room. Uh, thank you, guys, for joining us tonight. And, uh, well, I'm going to mention our awesome sponsors, and I'm going to play a really cool song. Number one, Dale's Beauty Dragons is the biggest and best supplier of reptile supplies at all the Northeast Expos and online coming up with their new website soon. Check out the AB Dragons, of course, is your source for dubia roaches, the highest quality dubia fed the best foods and at awesome prices. And, of course, they have a flex slot. So check out abdragons.com. Use the code GECKO at checkout for 5% off. GECKO Boa Reptiles, John Scarborough, is by far one of the best new breeders on the scene.
2: Not only does he have amazing
1: Leopard Gecko Morse, but he is the king of wild types. He has by far the coolest and best lions of the wild types, subspecies leopard geckos here in the United States, and he has all of the ones that are available. So check him out, geckoboa.com. Wally from Supreme Gecko, awesome guy, has micro geckos, day geckos and supplies for all of them, food, whatever you need. Check out supremegecko.com. Thad from Ohio Gecko, also runs geckoforms.net. Check out Ohio Gecko for awesome tangerines and some really cool snows. Uh, Check out his Facebook page. He's been posting some really cool pictures of his 2014 offspring.
3: Let's see. Rainbow
1: Mealworms, the biggest worm farm in the world and our favorite feeder company. We love Rainbow and we love Jillian Spence. She is awesome. So it takes care of the community very well and uh, basically feeds most of the big collections of uh, insect-eating Reptiles out there definitely has my vote and uh, will have my business exclusively. And um, also, Reptiles Express. Reptiles Express is by far the best uh, live animal shipping company. Check out Reptiles Express. They have the best rates and, of course, the best customer service. Mr. Ron Tremper is the king of leopard geckos. No one's been more instrumental in bringing us some of the biggest and best and most popular morphs worldwide. Check out Ron Tremper at uh, LeopardGecko.com, and he just renewed his, his uh, Leopard Gecko book for printing. So uh, make sure you have him autograph it and check and buy it at LeopardGecko.com. All right, giantlepergecko.com Keith Kiggins is making some big, beautiful geckos over there, and we're happy to have him on board as one of our newer sponsors. Check out giantlepergecko.com for some awesome geckos. Premium chow. Marcy. You just heard it live on the air, MS2, uh, E-N-T, at WeBelieve.com. And uh, it's being sold at uh, Rainbow Mealworms and a few other places, too. Rainbow, S two Chow is by far the best food for your feeder insects. Keep them healthy and happy. And, of course, you are what you eat. So make sure your bugs are healthy so your reptiles are healthy. And here we go. There's a cool song to take us out. Thanks, folks, and see you next week.